0: Well, hey, uh, welcome to The Living Room. My name is Ben, if we haven't got a chance to meet yet. And um, good to be on staff here. Uh, Love getting to work with The Living Room, work with college students. um, And uh, yeah, it's really a joy of mine. But uh, yeah, we're in uh, part two, week two of our series, um, started in DMs, and now we're here and we're talking all about relationships. All all about relationships. So uh, I guarantee you got a lot to learn uh, tonight. And uh, man, I'm really excited about what we're gonna be going. Um, so uh, the the whole reason why we're talking about this, by the way, is because man, we know that you know, regardless of in your, if you're in a dating relationship or not, like we want you to, whenever you choose to be in a relationship or if you're in a relationship now, we want you to be able to date really well. Honestly, that's like why we want to talk about this because um, we just think that God has something to say about. Dating, and so I'm really excited about going where we're going tonight. So whether you're um, in the room and you have a relationship, you're in a relationship, um, or maybe you're like a boyfriend in the room and your girlfriend dragged you here tonight, uh, you got points for being. I promise you, it's not going to be that bad. I promise you, it's going to be good. Um, or you might be coming in and you're like, you know, you just had a really bad breakup. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm glad you're here. Um, and uh, but I promise you that tonight's going to be really encouraging, even if that's you. And hey, if you're single in the room. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. And I I encourage you, hey, week four, week four, week four, we're talking all about singleness. Because a lot of times you hear these talks about relationships and marriage and dating everything, and the single people in the crowd are like, wait, what about me, right? Well, we're going to talk all about singleness week four, so make sure you're here in two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. But regardless of where you're at in the room, regardless of what your relationship status is, um, I just want you to tune in to the next couple minutes because... um, it doesn't matter where you're at when you're in your relationship status when it comes to what we're talking about tonight. We are going to be specifically focusing on what we're talking about tonight in the regards to dating, but you can apply it to so many areas of our life, and you're going to find that out in just a few minutes. So uh, last week, uh, Samer kicked us off in the series, and basically he asked the question, why do I date, right? Or like for you, like why do you date? What is the motivation for why you date? And man, it was such, such a good message and such a great way to kick off this series. And I encourage you to go back, listen to the podcast, go on YouTube, watch the message if you missed last week, because basically what Samer led us to last night and what he showed um, in scripture was that if your motivation for dating is for someone to complete you or for someone to fill a desire or innate need that you have, it's not going to work out. I'm sorry. It's not gonna work out, but there's something so much better. So make sure you go and watch um, or, or, or listen to that message um, from last week if you missed it. But tonight, tonight, we're going to be talking about this. How do I date? How do I date? If, if you're in the crowd and you know, you're in a dating relationship right now, like we, I want you to have the best dating relationship that you possibly can. If, you're, if the dating is in your future, I want you to have the best dating relationship we can. I want you to have the best marriage one day that you can. So tonight we're going to be talking about how do you date? Um, And I remember my first date story. um, If you can go back in your head, your first, first, first date story. And um, it's ridiculous. I was in eighth grade. Um, It was a girl who went to my school and uh, we were, you know, going pretty steady. We were going out for like five weeks. So we were like super serious, right? Like middle school relationship, that's like you're practically married. Right, and uh, you know, we decided that you know we wanted to take our relationship outside the halls of Pine Mountain Middle School, which is like right down the road, um, and into like the public sphere. We wanted to go on our first date, and so uh, hopped in the car, headed to everyone's favorite neighborhood grill, which is Applebee's, obviously. Uh, And you know, we're sitting down talking about the latest Britney Spears drama or whatever, which is so funny how that's still like a thing like twenty years later. It's wild, but. um, Regardless, we're sitting across from each other, and it's so awkward, right? We're two eighth graders. We have no idea what we're doing. But the fact that um, her mom was literally sitting right there with us the entire time, too, <laughs> made it even more awkward, right? The, the, the plus side to that, though, is her mom paid for it. So, you know, whatever. So, but um, that was my first date I ever uh, went on, and it was so awkward. It's so weird. Um, I also remember a dating relationship I had where uh, the girl I was dating loved Valentine's Day. Like absolutely, like that was like her favorite holiday. And I have no idea why it was her favorite holiday. Um, Personally, personally, and my wife could attest to this, I hate Valentine's Day. I hate it, I hate it. I think it is a ploy of like corporate America to make you spend all your money and it has nothing to do with love. It's just to get your money, okay? That's how I view Valentine's Day. And this girl felt very opposite of that. And instead of like having that conversation with her about that, right? um, My method to go about like, not participating in Valentine's Day was, I was in high school, it was just to fake sick and not go to school on Valentine's Day. I just didn't show up, right? And uh, I ghosted her essentially on Valentine's Day. And, um, and yeah, and my, my, uh, she did not like that. And the next day she broke up with me. So, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense, right? But listen, all, not all my bad date or, uh, dating stories are bad. In fact, one of my favorite dating stories, and fellas, if you're taking notes, this might be a good thing to take the notes on, one day, but um, I was actually actually in college and I was dating my, um, she's now my wife. Her name's Madeline. Uh, We both went to the University of Georgia and um, we, we dated all throughout college. And one day, I sort of showed up in the morning, and I, you know, not not really a special occasion. Um, It was just for, because I, you know, wanted to take her on a date. I showed up, and I gave her, like, a gift card to, like, a boutique in Athens. And I went and said, hey, go pick out, like, your favorite dress. Go, like, pamper yourself. You know, get your nails done, whatever. And um, I came after class, picked her up. We went to um, a really nice restaurant. It was Applebee's. And then... um, It wasn't Applebee's, it was super nice, some bougie restaurant. But it was awesome and she felt so loved and we had just great conversation. And it was just like one of the best dates I've ever been on, right? But it just made me think, it just made me think of this, like this question of how do I date? Like when did, how did I figure out how to do all that stuff? Like who taught me how to date? And And I want you to think about that too. Who taught you how to date? Where did you first learn how to date? For some of you, it may have been like your parents, right? Your parents just modeled that really well or maybe they didn't model it very well, right? Like you learned a lot from their mistakes. Like it was your parents though that you learned how to do this whole dating thing from. You know, maybe you had a really overbearing mom that was like, you know, always in your business, you know? Um, But maybe it was your parents that taught you how to date or maybe, um, you know, it was your friends, right? I remember in college, uh, this wasn't me because I I had a girlfriend at the time, uh, but another one of my roommates really wanted to ask a girl out. And so literally for like three hours in our living room, he, we were like role-playing, right? Like one of my roommates was the girl and, one, and then it was him. And he would just walk up to her and be like, you know, hey, what's up, hey, how are you doing? Like, I want you, and uh, you know, he would respond. We'd give him different situations how to respond or whatever. But it I mean, it was ridiculous. But again, like how else are you supposed to learn how to ask a girl out, right? Like, I don't know, right? Or maybe I, I'm not on TikTok, um, but I know you can learn a lot of stuff on TikTok. Um, maybe you learn how to date from TikTok. You know, I'm sure there's some good ideas on there, honestly, or maybe you just Googled it, right? Like we Google everything. So why not Google, how do I date? How do I date? What's a nice date or whatever. Uh, or, or maybe this, honestly, this is probably right here. It's probably just trial and error, right? You just gotta try, see, what's, see what works. If the girl doesn't text you back or the guy doesn't text you back, it's like, okay, that didn't work. Try something new next time, right? But, but we don't ask this just like, how do we date, right? We also want to date well. We want to date well. And so I want to ask the question is, who do you take your cue from when it comes to dating? It could, yeah, was it your parents? Was it something on social media? Was it, is it your friends? Is it what you observe hanging out around you? But I want you to ask the question, where do you take your cue from when it comes to dating? Like, Who do you take your cue from to just like, ask someone out? Like, who do you take your cue from for the first date, the third date? Like, what you do doing on the 10th date? Like, wh- wh- who do you take your cue from? What about, you know, when, when it comes to if you're in a your relationship? Like, when do you decide like, to take things further or call things off, right? Or what about there's tension and conflict in your dating relationships? Like, where, where do you go to learn how to manage all that? And the last one is this like, you know, most dating relationships don't end in marriage, but how do you know if that person is? the one, you know? Like, how does he have the, this is this the person you wanna spend the rest of your life with? And so, a lot of us, when it comes to dating, we, we take our cues from the just dating culture all around us, right? And right right now, the dating culture is, is, is wild. Like, it's so different, it's vastly different from even when I was dating someone. I mean, you go ask your parents and your grandparents, and you're like, back in my day, you know, like, like gone are the days of just asking a girl out, like just walking up to her, hey, do you want to go on a date with me? You're pretty. Yes. No. Okay, cool. See ya. You know, right? Like gone are those days. Like DMs did not exist, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, right? But the dating culture right now is what we get our cue from when it comes to dating. And right now we think that dating culture is instant, We think it's instant. You see, when we text, you know, when you're, if you're on Tinder or Hinge or or any of those dating apps, right? Like you swipe someone, you, you match with someone, you have a couple interactions, DMs right there, and then maybe you get their number, Snapchat, whatever. Like you think it's like instant connection with someone, right? Over an app. And there's this like false sense of intimacy that you have with this person. It's like, I've never even met this person before, but we think that it's instant. Dating culture right now would say, like, um, it's not, it's, there's a lot of non non-commit, commitment in dating culture right now. I don't know if you've heard the uh, term situationship, right? Situationship. It's like, hey, if this, if this works for you, like, uh, and it works for me, like, we're sort of dating, but like, situation doesn't call for it. Like, I wanna go hang out with this girl or this guy, or whatever, but, um, you know, there's no commitment there because there's this fear of commitment and this fear of being hurt. For for some people, dating culture right now says that hey, dating is a means to an end. Like it, it's it's the, sort of what we talked about last week. There's this need, this desire to be liked and to be accepted and to be loved, and we find we try to find all of that in a dating relationship. That's why some of you, to be honest, can't not have a boyfriend or girlfriend. They're a, just, they're just a means to an end. You don't care necessarily who they are. They're just someone that you can tag along and say, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend. Dating culture right now is full of infinite possibilities. I mentioned the date, those dating apps earlier. And right now, you have the capability in your, in your hand to meet more people than ever before. You can meet someone across the country and go on a date with them at some point, right? You see, there's the, the infinite possibilities when it comes to dating. You know, I, I'm sure some of you, if you've been broken up with before, I'm, you've definitely heard this phrase before, but the whole like, hey, there's, plenty of fish in the sea, right? Well, the sea is now in your backyard <laughs> and it's in your hand. That's how accessible it is. And what happens when we have infinite possibilities is we get, when it comes to dating, we get this fear of missing out. We get this fear of missing out when it comes to dating because as we're dating someone or as we're having a, a romantic relationship with someone and that's forming and budding, you're, you're thinking like, hey, this person's great, but could there be someone better for me? And that's really easy to find nowadays. You see, while dating culture and dating right now is more accessible than ever before, it's also way, way more complicated. And the reason why it's more complicated is because all of dating culture right now and all of what you're living in right now as a college student or young adult, when it comes to dating, dating is all about you. It's all about you. You ask the question, what can I get out of this relationship? Like for me. And we all do this, right? We all do this. And and, and the way that we do this the most is we make lists of people that we want to date. We make a list of, hey, what would be the ideal person that I want to date? The the girls list might look something like this. And this isn't comprehensive, right? This might not be on everyone's. But you want a guy who's like sweet and romantic, right? Oh, he's cute. You know, look what he did for me, you know? My wife definitely said that when we, I took her to that boutique thing, that was awesome. Uh, You want someone who's encouraging. You want a guy who's encouraging you. You want a guy potentially who's growing spiritually in their faith. You want a guy who's clean, right? Like, amen to that. Like, you don't want no dirty bathrooms here, right? You want a guy who's mature. You want a guy who's maybe athletic, or musical, or funny, who's confident, right? Guys, here's your list, attractive, yeah. That's it, no, I'm just kidding. We are not as shallow as you think, ladies, okay. No, this, this could be on a guy's list right here. You want a girl who's loving, right? You want a girl who's caring, athletic maybe, spiritually growing in her faith, who's fun, selfless, emotionally healthy. And and, and here's the deal, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with these lists. There's nothing wrong with having these qualities that we're looking for in someone else. But here's the problem. That makes dating about you. That makes dating selfish. And here's the problem with that. Dating isn't all about you. Because when you're dating someone, there's someone on the other side of that relationship. And, And I don't know if you've thought about this before, but when it comes to those lists that you might make in your mind that you're like, oh, she checks this, he checks this or whatever. Have you ever thought about the idea that you're also being checked off when it comes to someone else? Like, would you make the cut on someone else's list? Like, just think about that for a second. And we focus so much on finding the right person that we miss out and we miss becoming the right person. And when we do that, when we date selfishly like that, it can lead to hurt and regret and compromise, anxiety and pride. So there's gotta be a different way, right? Like, I I don't know if anyone would look at selfish dating and say like, yeah, that's what I want in my dating relationships. So I'm going to ask a question, where can we learn how to date well? Like if, if what culture and what the dating sort of scene looks like now is obviously not working, right? Where can we go to find out how to date well? So we're going to talk about the ne- that the next few minutes. And, and I just want to encourage you in the room, hey, if you're uh, new here, um, if, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, Um, If you and your relationship with God are sort of strained or you don't know if you believe this, I wanna encourage you to continue to lean in. Continue to lean in. Because like we said, what the dating scene looks like now doesn't work. And I think there's a better way. So I just wanna encourage you to even if you don't necessarily believe all this stuff yet, just hear me out, hear me out. Because I think it's the best way that you can date. So what does God say? about dating. What does God say about dating? Well, here's um, sort of a spoiler. He doesn't say anything. Absolutely nothing. If you were to open up this book, if you were to do like a little word search and look for the word dating or date or any of that stuff, you would not find it in this book. And there's a reason for that. This book was written like a couple thousand years ago. And dating wasn't necessarily a thing a couple thousand years ago. But here's what it does say it does say a lot about relationships. And so, um, so tonight we're gonna look at uh, a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to um, the, a church in called the Philippian Church. And so Paul here is basically writing to, um, and Paul, if you've never heard of Paul before, he was a guy way back in the day, he was basically like the first missionary when it came to Christianity. He, he had this really amazing encounter with Jesus Um, He he used to persecute Christians and then he had this like moment where like the Lord literally met him and he became like a missionary. He became the most um, sort of significant missionary in the time um, after Jesus. And he helped start these churches all around the Middle East and all around the Mediterranean. And he would often write to these churches he helped start and basically encourage them and and remind them about the message of Jesus and and what they were believing and, and how to be a healthy church. And so while what we're about to read doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with dating or romantic relationships, I think it deals with the root issue of what we're talking about when it comes to to dating and how to date well, and it has to do with selfishness. So let's, let's check out what Paul says right here. Paul says this, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you, to the interests of others. You see, when, when Paul was writing this, again, just to be clear, when Paul was writing this, he was writing this to a church that was being persecuted. And, and what was happening is people were sort of, go, the, the, Christians in the, 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 the Christians in the church were sort of going back and forth of how do we deal with this or whatever. And so Paul is trying to encourage them to pursue relational unity within their church. They had different ideas of how to address it and there was some conflict. And what Paul is saying is, hey, don't do anything out of selfish ambition. Like don't do it for yourself. Rather, think about the other people that are around you and consider their needs and their interests above your own. That's how you have relational unity. That's how you have healthy relationships. And so his solution was, yeah, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. It's it's so clear. And and what I want you to hear when it comes to your dating relationships, when it comes to um, any romantic relationships in the future is to not make it all about you. To not make it all about you. Because again, there's someone else on the other side of that relationship. And, and, And I wanna just unpack this real quick. I think what Paul is saying here when it comes to relational unity And what I want you to think about in terms of the context of your dating relationships is this right here. To have the healthiest relationships and to date super well, the best you can in this season of your life, you need to outdo one another in how you value each other. Outdo one another in how you value each other. If each person on either side of a relationship is doing this, you're gonna have a healthy relationship. It's not gonna be perfect, but it's gonna be healthy. It's not gonna, it doesn't mean you're going to be together forever, You'll pro, you might break up, but it's gonna be healthy. There's gonna be less regret, there's gonna be less hurt, there's gonna be less compromise if you choose to outdo one another and how you value each other. So what does that look like? Well, one very clear way that it can look like is if you're in a dating relationship and there's some um, physical boundaries that have been set, if you've had that conversation, and if you're in a relationship and you haven't had that conversation or, you're, or you're going, you wanna be in a relationship one day and you don't have that conversation early on, I just highly encourage you to be honest about, hey, what are the physical boundaries that I have for this relationship? But if those are set, valuing the other person means respecting those physical boundaries boundaries. It means, uh, valuing others means when you're you're having a conversation, when when you're talking with your significant other, it means you don't hijack the conversation and make it all about you. It means taking interest in the other person, trying to understand where they come from, why they are the way they are, and, and it just means don't hijack the convo right? It means to listen. Guys, this is a, and I say guys, girls do this too, but um, guys, it feels like that it happens more. It means when your girlfriend shares something with you and she's, she's hurt, there's something going on like in her life or in her family or whatever, and she's sharing something with you, it means you don't go immediately in to try to fix it. I do that all the time in my relationship with my wife. I try to fix it. I want to fix it. But here's the deal, that's selfish, Because she doesn't need me to fix it. There's a lot of times I can't fix it. But what she needs in that moment is for me to value her by listening to her and really listening to her. Not the like one year in, one year out, like, I don't don't know what you said, what, you know? No, listening to her, that values her. It means you apologize when you mess up. It means you apologize when you mess up. It means you encourage one another and build one another up in your relationship. Um, when I, I can think back to a relationship that I had in uh, high school and the language we spoke to each other the whole time was sarcasm. Like that, that's how we connected with one another. We thought that was a good idea. I was in high school, right? Come on, I mean. But like sarcasm and tearing each other down to get a rise out of other people, whatever, was not valuing one another but encouraging one another, building one another up, that's valuing the other person in the relationship. Fellas, valuing others in your relationships means you don't look at women as objects. You don't look at women as something to to fulfill a desire that was given to you by God, but you don't use women as solely as a reason to fulfill that desire. And girls, that means you don't use guys for just social status. They're not your your trophy, (laughs) you know? That's how we begin to outdo one another and how you value each other. And if Paul wasn't clear enough in what he meant by this, he says this, Philippians 2, 5, he says, "'In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, remember here, he's talking to a group of Christians. He's talking to people who um, have heard about Jesus, this guy who you know, lived this um, perfect life, who died on a cross, was, was crucified, rose again three days. They're, they're trying to figure that out, but they, they believe that. And what Paul is saying is, the reason why we can outdo one another in the way we value each other is because Jesus modeled this for them. He modeled this for us. You see, in the eyes of Jesus, you're valuable. How do I know that for you and for me? Well, I know that because Jesus is God. Jesus is God and he came down to earth. He came down to earth because he valued us being to have a relationship with our heavenly father. And he took on the sins of the world and he died and rose again so that we could have a relationship with God. He laid aside his equality with God. He was, he was with God and he laid aside the equality with God that he had and came down, became like you and me and died for us. And that shows that you have value. He valued the relationship. And so when it comes to others, we have to have that same mindset when it comes to our relationships. Because each person in this room, whether you believe this whole thing or not, each person in this room is valuable in the eyes of Jesus because of what he did on the cross. And so let me, let me just be clear about one thing real quick. I had to say this, and it's this. We need to remember who Paul was writing to here. We need to remember who Paul was writing to. Paul was writing to a group of believers in a church. And so what he's not saying when it comes to in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus as far as you know, outvaluing one another you know, back and forth. What he's not saying here is to stay in an unhealthy relationship. He's not saying that. He's not saying that in a relationship, you need to be a doormat or you need to be steamrolled when it comes to your own interests. He's not saying that. He's not saying get used to it if you're in an unhealthy relationship or it's gonna get better, you know, so just stick with it. He's not saying that. You see, outdoing one another in value requires both sides of the relationship and the the understanding that Paul, the understanding that the Philippian church had of what Paul was writing was that we're doing this together, that each person reading this would work together to outdo one another in how they valued each other because when you do that, when you do that, you have a healthy relationship. And so if you aren't feeling valued in a relationship, if you're being hurt physically, emotionally, in a relationship, you might need to step back and think about, hey, am I I I, I experiencing, I'm doing the best I can to value the other person, but how are they valuing me? You might need to take a step back and you might need to have a hard conversation and potentially remove yourself from that relationship. Because again, a relationship is two sides and both sides need to outdo one another in how they value each other. So I've got two questions for you to think about as you um, process all of this. The first one is this, do you, show, do you show value? Do you show value? When it comes to what Paul was saying earlier, are you selfish when it comes to your relationships? Are you just looking for a relationship to get something out of it? Are you prideful with your girlfriend or boyfriend? Do you like trust with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Do you, do you, do you whenever your you know, boyfriend goes out, hangs out with his friends, like, do you have this like, envy of like, hey, what, who's he with? What's he doing? Fellas, the same thing. Do you trust? You know, and Paul gives some real practical ways for how we can actually show value in our relationships. You see, in another letter that he writes, um, it's in the, the book of Colossians, chapter three, Paul writes about this idea of valuing others can look like compassion in our relationships. It can look like having kindness, showing humility, being gentle, showing patience, making allowance for one another's faults because, I mean, Lord knows everyone messes up. Also, make, uh, valuing others um, shows that we forgive one another when we mess up. And ultimately, it's to show them love, and it's the same love that Christ shows us. So I wanna encourage you to think about that question. Do I show value in my relationships? Do I value the other person more than my own needs? I want you to take a look at yourself. One of the greatest questions that um, I've heard when it comes to this idea of uh, sort of evaluating, thinking about sort of where I'm at in, in life and how I value other people was this question that Jeff Henderson gave, like five, it may have been longer than that, five years ago, whatever. But it was this idea of this, and this is a great question to write down. But it's, what does it look like to be on the other side of me? What does it look like to be on the other side of me? And here's, a, here's the thing. You can ask that personally, but then go ask someone else that question about yourself and tell them to be honest, not hurtful. That's not the goal of the question. But... Have an honest conversation with yourself of what it's like to be on the other side of you. Are you showing value in your relationships? And so invite other in, invite others in. And for some of you, that might mean mean getting some like professional help with that. You might need to have some professional counseling when it comes to processing some of the reasons why you might not value people. You might need to have a conversation with a counselor about why it's hard for you to show compassion towards other people, why you can't trust people, why you can't forgive people in your life. You might need to have a, really serious and professional conversation about that. But here's the deal. I promise you, you won't regret it because until you have those conversations, you're going to continue to experience unhealthy relationships because you're not gonna be valuing the other person. The second question I want you to think about is this, is what makes you feel valued? What makes you feel valued? And again, dating isn't all about you, but there is a, a part of that, a relationship, that is you. And so I want you to think about that question this week. Maybe write it down. What makes you feel valued in a relationship? Define those things in your life. You wanna be trusted. You wanna be encouraged. You wanna be cherished, honored, treasured, appreciated. And when you feel when you know how you feel valued in a relationship and when you experience that, here's the thing, here's the reason why I want you to do it. It's because when you start getting in a relationship and you don't experience those things, you're gonna know. You're gonna know. And it has the potential, the potential for you to to, to remove yourself from, from some potential hurt and regret and pain in that relationship. So define your values. Define when you feel valued. You see, this is personal for me because I told you earlier about my um, marriage and my relationship with my my wife, Madeline. We've been married almost 10 years. And I mean, every day I've got to choose to do that, choose to outdo, we need to choose to outdo one another in the way we value each other. But we started dating in college, uh, sort of, yeah, that's where our relationship sort of flourished. But um, I'm a year older than her in school, and uh, so she came to Athens um, a year after and we were like, oh, this is gonna be the, like the greatest thing ever. We're finally in the same city. We can go on a lot more dates. You know, we don't have to wait to just the weekend for you to come. Like it, it was awesome, it was awesome. We, well, we thought it was gonna be awesome. And sure enough, she gets into town. We get to spend a lot more time together. And, and some just sort of conflict started rising up in our relationship. And we have been dating for a little, a little over a year and we, we had known each other before that. And so um, we, were, we were really close, but we, we were experiencing conflict and tension in our relationship. And it was really hard. You know, I was, I was immature for sure. You know, I, obviously I was physically attracted to her and we struggled physically, to be honest, I'll be super vulnerable. We struggled physically in our relationship. And it was because I was being selfish. You know, it, she would admit it too, she was immature as well. We were 19 years old. I was definitely more immature than her, for sure. But she was immature too. And she tr- struggled with this uh, just e- uh, uh, envy and, and, and lack of trust. When I would go, you know, be hanging out with another girl or, or friends, you know, she would, just, she would just not trust me. And it led to conflict and led to ugliness in our relationship. And so we just said, hey, we're gonna call this off. We're gonna take a break. And and we sort of made the decision like, hey, we're not focusing on the other person right now. We're just focusing on ourselves. We're just focusing on being, on the selfish needs that we have. And so we're gonna take a break because this is not healthy. And so we took a month long break. And it was awkward, right? Like we went to the same church. She volunteered in student ministry with me. Like I didn't say a word to her that entire month. She didn't say a word to me, it was weird. We had the same friend group, but after about a month of just being able to reflect, reflect and ask like, how am I showing her value? How how, how am I showing him value? We came back together and we decided, you know what? This is worth it because I I knew that I loved that woman. And I knew that I wanted to potentially spend the rest of my life with her. I knew it was worth valuing her above my own interest. And so that was a defining moment in our relationship. And and our relationship wasn't perfect from then on out. We still struggled and we still went through really hard times and we still fought like all relationships do. But our focus, instead of being on ourselves, was on how we can value the other person. And to this day in our marriage, we continue to fight for that. We continue to want to put the other person's needs above above our own. And when you have two people in a relationship that are doing that, you're gonna see a healthy relationship. So I, I, I don't know, again, where you're at when it comes to dating. I don't know where you're at when it comes to you wanting to, to be married one day, if that's in the cards for you, like if you want to do that. But I hope that as you walk away today, you can walk away knowing that if you want any healthy relationship in your life, any healthy relationship in your life, it requires both parties to outdo one another and how they value each other. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight, and thank you for these students. Um, God, thank you that you are the ultimate example of putting value on a relationship. And you showed us through your son Jesus what that looked like. And so, Lord, I, I pray right now as we, um, as these students um, interact with. Uh, and start to form dating relationships or if they're in dating relationships now or in the future, God, I pray, I pray that they would take what you've done for us and and how you've modeled for us and apply it to their relationships here. So God, we love you. We thank you for just your word and just that you, um, God, the way that you designed relationships is the way of value, valuing one another and loving one another even above our own interest. So God, give us the courage to act this out, to to apply this to our lives, and give us the wisdom and the discernment to know when we need to do it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.